0: Welcome to Neuro Insights, a podcast that gives you insight into the latest research in organizational psychology, workplace well-being, and mental health. I'm Vivian, the Chief Research Officer here at Neuro.
1: And I'm Peter, a researcher and content creator at Neuro, where we create science-based 15-minute micro-learnings for managers to improve mental health in the workplace.
0: Each week, we'll be discussing a new journal article that sheds light on ways to enhance mental health at work, both for you and your team.
1: Let's dive into the research to find out what neuro-insight you could implement today. All right, well, today we're talking about an article titled Promoting Remote Workers' Psychological Health, Effective Management Practices During the COVID-19 Crisis. And this was written by Bouchard and Meunier in 2021. Now, the context of this article, as it's sort of recent history, it might sound interesting to you that it was published in 21, but the study was undertaken in May of 2020. So as we look at these results, we should keep that in mind that the context of it was early pandemic when we're all, uh, you know, uh, at home, (laughs) locked up, trying to figure out life. And, you know, all these managers and companies are like, oh, how do I keep my employees working? how do we even put that on a computer what you know how do we divide these roles um so this was just right in the middle of it
0: right and so let's we'll define a few terms before we jump into the study the first is the term psychological health which i know seems pretty basic but specifically related to the workplace it's found to have four contributors that is workload autonomy social support and supervisor support and this paper specifically looked at the role of supervisor support and manager support and its effect on worker psychological health. Now, when thinking about managers, you know, we've talked a bit about managers on the podcast so far, but there are different types of managers. And I think a question that maybe you as a manager or you think about for your manager is what kind of manager is the best? So like, What can managers do to have the best practices to have the best impact. And that's really what this paper is exploring. So in terms of what kind of manager is the best, what it says is that a transformational leader, and you may know, already know what that means, but it is one that is attentive to the employee's needs, shows empathy, and this kind of leader is superior to other kinds of leadership styles. So then what kind of practices make you a transformational leader? You're probably wondering. So what the study does next is that it took two qualitative studies, so these were interview-based studies, that had been done before, and these studies interviewed people to come up with a whole list of various management practices. These were then classified into nine themes, such as communication, uh, considerations, how much you show care for your employees. They asked the question, now which of these practices best apply in a remote working setting, especially in a crisis like the pandemic. So what they did in their methodology is actually very interesting. They did what is called a two round Delphi study where they assembled a panel of experts and this panel of experts consisted of both managers who managed remote teams and employees who worked remotely. And they gave them two rounds of questionnaires until they reached a consensus around which type of management practices they all thought were the best. In round one, they gave them 60 management practices and asked them two questions. One, can they be used in a remote context? And number two, how likely on a scale of one to five, are these practices able to promote psychological health? Now, if there was Above ninety percent agreement on a practice, then this practice was retained for the second round. If it was eighty to ninety percent agreement, these were to be discussed again. And if it was below eighty, then these were rejected. And then in the second round, this was then repeated again. and uh, and then based on these, they selected fifty three management practices that applied for a remote working context and then ranked these based on how well they scored in terms of their ability to affect psychological health.
1: Well, now let's look at the results. So here are the top 10 management practices that managers self-selected as useful in a remote working context. And the first one is, oh, there's suspense, right? da da mm-hmm. allow flexibility in organizing work schedules and holidays. Well, all right, there you go, flexibility. Then uh, the next, as they follow, inform employees in advance of unusual events or important changes. Number three, reorganize workloads. Number four, ask about workloads or problems. Number five, demonstrate willingness to listen. Number six, Recognize the difficulties that employees may experience due to the context. Number seven, demonstrate availability. Number eight, being transparent. Number nine, take advantage of subordinates' strengths and interests. Then number 10, highlight subordinates' successes. And then uh, the study also highlighted the most useful practice identified by both panels. So that's the management and employees that the crossover was allow flexibility in organizing work schedules and holidays. And then um, the management practices that were the least useful that they, they decided were at the bottom of the list were notify employees of their presence. You know, considering your presence. Oh, I see you there. And then number two on the the low end of the list was organize virtual social activities.
0: So those mandatory Zoom lunches.
1: Yeah, that would be one (laughs) of them. Now, what's interesting is from the employee side, I, I thought this was interesting. The ones that they rated to be most useful were work structure. So giving clear instructions for tasks. And communication, providing info necessary to um, make progress. And then in the study, they were also allowed to write in other practices. And if there were enough people that wrote it in, then they put it on the study. And then um, in round two, people could select it. And it was selected, uh, which was under the category of consideration, which is inf- inform employees about available assistant pro- assistance programs. So that would be like EAPs, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So it seemed like the employees were asking their managers to direct them to other supports and available resources. And maybe they felt that the managers didn't do this enough, which is interesting.
1: Well, what was interesting about this article is uh, just the way that they gathered this data was very different than other studies. Usually, they look into what's already going on, and then how effective it it is. But this one was more about perception. How do managers perceive what is useful? And then how do employees perceive what is useful? I thought that was quite interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it was especially interesting to look at that difference in perception, as you said, between managers and employees. Because one thing I, I took away was that managers almost overvalued things like, not that it's not important, but their willingness to listen or their ability to take advantage of the strengths and weaknesses of their employees. And while these may be important, maybe for the long term or, you know, for the, the employee's professional development, it seems like the employees much more valued, practical here and now, like, tell me what to do, give me clear instructions now, give me actual support.
1: Yeah. What, what do you want me to do? How should I do it? and can you support me in doing that? Yeah, those were very practical. Not that the others were not um, useful, Mm -hmm. um, but just to see that mismatch, I think, brings out something that's intriguing. Yeah, was there anything else you wanted to um, point out?
0: Yeah, I mean, around that point, I think my mind goes to how much of this is applicable to now, because this was done at the height of the pandemic. Obviously, there was a lot of ambiguity, a lot of lack of clarity around what was expected perhaps people were adjusting to new things so there was a greater demand for for clarity around work structure communication things like that Um, although I, I do think that especially in a remote work context and this would apply to even now when a lot of us are still working remotely I still do think managers should think about communication I know we we say it a lot but You almost need to over communicate and be clear about expectations and things that might be taken for granted if you see someone's body language or pick up on things when they're in the office. So I think those, uh, the aspect of clarity, I still think should be transferred over to, to a context even now, although I do wonder if the results of the need for clarity were kind of exaggerated because this study was done at the beginning of the pandemic.
1: Yeah. And I wonder about things like they rated things pretty low, like celebrating someone's birthday or, or, you know, those coffee chats. Yeah. We also know people really hunger for social interaction and meaning at their workplace with their colleagues, they want relationships. And yet they're also rated very low, at least in this article, as something that is not important. And maybe that could be that online work seems to me to be that you get a larger bundle of work to do and you're just supposed to portion it out during your week and just do it and so if you have a a coffee date or a birthday party virtual birthday party or like a lunch to go to it's sort of interrupting your flow Mm -hmm. and it's just something you have to do uh, when you could be doing your bundle of work and once you get done with that then you can go to your real life
0: Right. And I think one thing I know personally, at least for me during the pandemic, I was on my computer so much. I got so tired of virtual things that it was actually more kind for me to do, to have free time to do the the non-virtual social things. Like one time I had to go to a, a virtual, like, you know, if it was like a baby shower or like, a, and not that I didn't want to be at the baby shower, but it was just I was on my computer so much <laughs> that I think maybe we're seeing some of that fatigue come out. Uh, in this study.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and one thing is we know that um, technology is here to stay and remote work is here to stay as well. And we're still navigating that as a society. We're um, post-pandemic, but new technology and we'll just see where it goes together. And um, you know, here at Neuro, we're looking at these studies to be at the front edge of uh, what's happening and be in that conversation. And uh, we'd love to um, hear from you and you can always chime in and see uh, what, what your guess is about a lot of this, being on the, the front of knowledge in a lot of ways. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and this study. We'll uh, keep presenting studies to you, and we hope you find them interesting. If you have any questions, shoot us an email, and we'll see if we can find a study on it. All right. Until next time, this is Peter and Vivian for Neuro. Neuro.